This is the Build Your Best Family podcast, and today's episode is How Knowing Your Family's History Will Benefit Your Family with Lisa Listen. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love and become the family you were meant to be. Our family stories directly influence how we see ourselves because they create a narrative for our family's culture. They give us an idea of where we come from and how we fit into our family. Knowing, recording, preserving, and sharing your history directly impacts you, your family, and even future generations. Now, growing up, I went to a yearly family reunion. It was a day full of picnics, Chinese auctions, and band performances. I was reminded of where I came from and who I was related to. Family trees were shared and updated, old photos were displayed, and new ones were taken. And even though I found myself surrounded by old people and only a handful of distant cousins my age that I didn't really know very well, I looked forward to these yearly events. There was something special about knowing and experiencing a connection to people that were not a part of my everyday life, but that I was related to. Today's guest, Lisa Listen, is a genealogist, and she shares with us why this is. Studies have shown that having experiences like these and sharing family stories contributes to a child's sense of self, both as an individual and as a member of a family. Not only that, but adolescents who are able to recount specific details of family stories have higher self-esteem and greater resilience. Knowing this has changed the way we have conversations as a family. My husband and I have been telling our kids about how we met, where we lived together before they were born, and how we ended up living where we are now. We have also recounted the adventures that we've shared together, both the ones that they remember and the ones they don't. So here's a quick list of the things that you can easily do to create a sense of belonging and core identity in your children. Number one, talk to your kids about the traditions that you had growing up, as well as the traditions that you have in your family today. Number two, recall the hardships and the triumphs that you've had along the way and what you've learned from them. Number three, rehearse your family memories. And number four, talk about who you are and who you are becoming as a family. I'm excited for you to hear my conversation with Lisa, where we talk about the benefits of connecting to past generations through genealogy, why it's important to connect with older relatives, how to prevent conversations between generations from being uncomfortable, plus the ways to overcome the I don't know what to say feeling when talking to family members. If you've been inspired by this episode and would like to learn more about your family members, head over to the show notes and download my list of get to know you questions to start the conversation with one another. I'm so excited for what this will do for your family. Hey there, did you know that every family is known for something? What do you want your family to be known for? Download our free family culture discussion sheet, and in just 30 minutes, you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. Go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. Today, I'm talking with Lisa Listen. Lisa is a genealogist researcher and creator of the Are You My Cousin blog. She takes the overwhelm out of genealogy research and keeps researchers moving forward to find their ancestors. 
Whether researching ancestors alongside clients or writing how-to articles and books, Lisa uses her 12 years of research experience to help others build a solid research plan, find the needed genealogy records, and get the most out of these resources. When she's not working with clients or writing articles, Lisa can be found pursuing her passion for running, traveling with her husband, or simply enjoying time with her two adult children. Welcome, Lisa. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. So start off by telling us, what is your family known for? I think if we're known for anything, we're known for travel. Mm-hmm. Um, we love to travel as a family and we've done it since our children were, were young and um, it's been really nice to see them continue that as because they're both young adults now to see them want to do that on their own now and continue to do that. Yeah. What's your favorite place that you got to visit or the mo- like the most impactful that you still talk about? Oh gosh, that we still talk about probably... Oh, we had a fantastic trip out to um, San Francisco when the kids were young. Younger, I would say, you know, middle school, early high school, yeah. and just what we got to do there and just, just the variety of things we did. I think that was one we still talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're busy planning our next trip, but now with quarantine and staying home, we're like, where do we go? When can we go? What should we do? Like it, it, it sort of is up in the air, but I feel like, like we're ready. Like we want to go somewhere. So that, mm-hmm. that need to travel, that enjoyment of travel, I'd love we can totally relate to, and I can't wait to get back to it for sure. All right. So tell me, you're here today to talk to us about genealogy and the importance of understanding where we came from. And so Mm -hmm. I would just love for you to tell me really quickly how you got interested in genealogy. I think I kind of got interested in it quite accidentally. It was, um, I live in North Carolina and it was August one year. My children were young, elementary school still, and it was very, very hot. It was too hot to go to the pool that day. Um, and so they wanted to Google themselves, literally, that's how it started. (laughs) And of course, you know, I mean, there were children didn't find anything, thank goodness. But, um, but we did start looking up the family name and one thing led to another and led to another. And, um, we started connecting with, you know, a cousin out in Hawaii and they thought that was really cool and and wanted to see who they were related to. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Um, so, and then I kind of left them in the dust. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, so tell me a little bit about how your interest grew. Like, you just took off, and what did you, how did, like, what direction did you go? Where did you go next? How did you know? So, what I, th- to I do? think we, we started with my husband's side of the family initially just because, you know, it was their last name and that was what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it is, I think for me, it was kind of a tipping point for me personally because I grew up. Um, in a family, my side of the family, you know, with all my grandparents, I knew my great grandparents. I have tons of cousins out there, so there were a lot of names and stories floating around that I could never had never really pieced together that mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was um, starting to do because it was also fairly local to where I'm living. It was you know within 45 minutes, so I could actually get to places and get to um, get to relatives and ask them and start um, asking their questions. Questions. And so that's where really um, kicked off for me was discovering that I had these amazing relatives with all, all the stories that mm-hmm. could still tell me the stories. And that's where I, and that's really what, pick, what picked things up for me and kept me going forward. 
Mm -hmm. And how was everybody's response when you started calling them up and asking them questions? (laughs) Actually, it was really, it was really quite good. Um, And some of these was... knew quite well. So it wasn't really an issue, you know, they're like, yeah, what do you want to know? And others, but I will basically cold call relatives, um, people I don't know. I've done that in the past. Usually what I do is I will um, write snail mail. I write a letter. I usually, at that time I I didn't, I wasn't working. I was just doing personal genealogy. I had a Mm -hmm. little car that had my interests. Mm -hmm. And so just a little bit about who I was, they could see my family website just so they didn't think I was a crazy person. Um, and so, and then I would say, you know, I'd like to call you within a few, you know, within the week, I'd like to give you a call so that maybe we could talk about X, Y, and Z. And almost every time I would call, I'll never forget one, one lovely, um, distant cousin of mine. And I called her, she was probably in her seventies at the time. And Mm -hmm. she said, I have been waiting, Mm -hmm. waiting for your phone call. When can you come over? Yeah. And so that next week I did. (laughs) Well, I think people love to tell their story and we forget to ask people their story. I mean, my kids, they don't, I feel like they don't know a ton about me and my husband before we had them. You know what I mean? Like, and we've been trying to start having conversations about that um, because I think it's important for them to know. And it would be a shame for them to think like all I ever was, was a mom. (laughs) And so it's really awesome to be able to share your story um, so yeah, I love that. I love that you did that <clears throat> for sure. Um, so talk to us about the benefits that we can have as family members when we connect with past generations. Cause you know, it's not just about my kids knowing about me. It's, it's knowing about more than that. Like what came, what even came before me. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest benefits is that we do as adults or as children, we discover that we are part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we can also get new perspectives on family relationships in a sense. I had a cousin connect with me a number of years ago, and turns out I had letters from her grandmother in my closet Mm -hmm. and that were written to one of my relatives. And she said, Lisa, she said, I knew my grandmother. She lived with us, she said, but she was never that kind of lovey-dovey grandmother, no warm fuzzies. Mm -hmm. She was very prickly. She said it was hard to get to know her. And I said, well, you know what? I said, I've got a letter that I think you might want to see. It's a letter she wrote to her sister. And so um, I sent it to her. And it was about her heart, the woman's heartbreak over the death of her husband and leaving her with young children. Mm. She said, Lisa, she said, I now have, a, I did a 180. I have a completely different understanding of who my grandmother was. And I wish I had known that as a child. So it really, yeah. but as an adult, <clears throat> she made a connection there. She said, I never could have made that before without Mm -hmm. having known about her. So by just sharing a a story and a a letter that fortunately got saved, um, we were able to, she said, I feel like I've mended a relationship, even though, you know, my grandmother has passed away. So that, that to me was an amazing um, testament to what family stories can do. And then it's never too late to to start sharing those family stories um, with that. There was actually a study out of Emory University back in 2010 that from a a child's perspective found that children who knew about family history, the family stories actually were more resilient Mm -hmm. and had higher self-esteem. And I've actually had heard that previously too, that after studies after 9-11, they found children who knew um, 
parts of their family history. And it didn't have to be, you know, all the way back to the Mayflower, all the way back to, you know, 10 generations. It could be, how did your parents meet? You know, mm-hmm. Do you know who your grandparents are? That yeah. type of thing. They were actually, again, more resilient um, and were sh- their test scores improved quicker than those who did not know those types of things. So it definitely has a gives people, I think, a sense of grounding and a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Those are two great benefits that you just shared with us. I know that um, as my grandparents got older, as an adult, um, one of the handful of last times I saw them, I did start to ask them questions. Well, like, how did you guys meet? And what did you do? And and to hear their story and to think that I had never known that before, you know, it was sort of sad for me that I had waited so long to ask them questions. And then I'm sure we all have people in our life that have passed and we're like, wow, I didn't really get to know their story. There's so much that I don't know about them. So like, I love that there was, for your, in your instance, there was a letter that was able to like connect and mm-hmm. help people see um, just the heart of who our ancestors were. And for, for this particular person, it provided closure and I'm sure it provided right. things for her that she needed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like family history, how, how can it combat isolation and loneliness in our older relatives? Because I do feel like our generation, like our generation, my kids, there's, they're, you know, as loving as they are towards their grandparents, I do think that there is a disconnect between like them as people and them being grandparents and like, and so there's a certain disconnection and isolation that happens. I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think too, right now in this you know, social distancing type of environment we're in now too, it's even exacerbated even more, I think. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the first things that as genealogy researchers, when you start to research your family history or genealogy, family interviews and oral history is one of the very first steps. And to be honest, it's one of the most overlooked steps. <laughs> but that's where you sit down and you interview older family members. And it could be, you know, my generation, it could be, you know, generation, my mother, my grandparents. And when you sit down to talk with the older generations, it is, there is a sense of connection and you start to be able to identify, I think, with them when they tell stories about when they were little. Um, One of the things I always like to tell people, and they think I'm crazy, but I I love coffee. So I'm a big coffee drinker. And um, my favorite tool for research is a coffee, a cup of coffee, because that means I sit down across from someone and we can share, you know, a meal or we can share, you know, a coffee, an afternoon coffee, and we can talk. And it might be an older relative or not, but it, again, it gives, they tell the stories and when they tell the stories, they're remembering and it it generates positive feelings in Mm -hmm. them. And, you know, that absolutely helps to decrease stress when you can, um, interview and tell your stories. One of the things that folks will often tell me is, I can't believe anybody wanted to hear this story. Mm. Or, and I'm always like, oh, but but we need these stories. We need these stories. And so I, I definitely want to get them out there and share. And they want to tell the stories. That's the amazing things. They don't think people really are interested. And so when you are asking for the stories, you're definitely showing that interest and making that connection mm-hmm. with with that individual. So I think it really does help to connect kind of the past, but also the future Mm -hmm. and with the future generations. 
Yeah. So were you able to get your kids involved in the process of interviewing relatives and connecting with your family members? I have been, you know, sometimes they, you know, like, mom, you know, I don't really want to do this again, but I have been able to do that, whether they just Mm -hmm. go with me. Um, Mm -hmm. We do have some family get togethers that are traditional through my extended family that gets together. So they are around family members. And I know that they're not always interested in the stories, Mm -hmm. but when they're not, I know that they're still hearing them because they will come back later and ask me about, you know, now what did my cousin say about that? Or what did grandma say about that? And didn't she do this? Or so, so I know they're hearing them and I always want to make sure that they know where, I mean, they know where to find the stories um, mm-hmm. so that they can, can do that. One of the, the best things ever was when um, here in North Carolina in around the seventh grade, a lot of times children, it, part of the curriculum is they, they have to build a family tree mm-hmm. to put on the wall. And I'll never forget my daughter coming home with the biggest grin on her face. She's like, I got this. <laughs> Mom, I need a family tree. And I said, how much space are they going to give you on the wall? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so definitely. But, um, yeah, my mom's been um, collecting all that information for both sides of me and my husband's family for a long time. And so the same thing happened with us when it came time for my kids to do their family tree. I was like, all right, look where we got. And I think they even got like, I think the teacher gave extra credit for like the person who could go the furthest back. Oh, wow. And of course, the work was already done for her, but yeah. I was like, here you go. That's right. <laughs> here's the list. Here's pictures. Here's birth dates and, you know, bur- where they were buried, where they were born. Like mm-hmm. all that information is available if we would just look for it and, and begin to take an interest in it. Right. And I think that there is such an, it, it does have that interest in there. And I, as I built trees and as, as family members would tell them stories, it's mm-hmm. that sitting there of like, wow, there is something outside of of me. I am part of that, something much bigger. And I think the same works for it, it coming down the tree from grandparent, you know, older relatives, if you're, as you're interviewing them and talking with them again, it is bringing them into, into the present as well, because they are mm-hmm. talking with those, those younger children. So I think it, it absolutely helps with that yeah. as well. Yeah. But, um, I mean, then there's so much to learn. I'm at, like, you know, even now with the technology, I mean, technology is a big thing. And to imagine that, you know, their grandparents lived in a time when they didn't like sit around and watch TV every night. That's not what you did. Like you didn't get to just call your friend or like mm-hmm. connect with them instantly and to hear them share their experience outside of our experience, I think is so good for, for our kids. Cause it's good, good for me, but even better for my kids, because sometimes they don't believe me that there was a world that didn't look like this. Right. Um, and, and that their grandparents like know what that's like, I think is fascinating if they make the space to hear those stories. I think, I think you're right. And, and because they, I think they were shocked to, to and my children were, were fortunate enough to know grandparents and great grandparents as well, mm-hmm. but also, you know, that, um, you know, my heritage is all Southern. Um, they were rural farmers and to, to yeah. realize that their grandfather was born into a home that you know, had no electricity at yeah. that point. I mean, they got it very soon, but you know, but yeah. the, the, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. My dad's not that old <laughs> um, back that, that actually was still part of mm-hmm. what was going on, you know, yeah. what they went through and how they, what they experienced. Yeah. I've been very blessed in that um, a lot of my dad's family still lives in the same area. And so when we went for my grandfather's funeral, we were able to take my 
kids to the place where to the house he grew up in, which is still like owned by family members. And, um, like we were able to see the house and see that the kitchen was in the first floor and that, that the, I forget what they call it, but the shed where they would, um, put the livestock to kill, to kill them and butcher them. And then Uh, mm -hmm. like all of these things are still in place in this community where my, my dad grew up and to be able to take my kids back them and have, allow them to have that like tangible experience and see like, this is where things happened. This is where your mom and dad did this. And this is where my mom did this. And this is where they're buried. And for able to see that, I think for us has been an amazing extra step beyond just the, here's the knowledge. I, th- I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I remember one time my son, I think it was middle, early middle school or so. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was Memorial Day. I remember that. And he said, mom, did we have any ancestors who fought in wars? Mm-hmm. And I said, grab your shoes. We're going on a field trip. (laughs) So I took him down. I took him downtown. I live in Raleigh and North Carolina. And so I took him. There's a large rock monument for where the original Wake County Courthouse stood Mm -hmm. in 1771. I said, you were standing here. I said, this is where your great, 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 however many greats back, grandfather met with the other soldiers to march off to the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. he's like oh that's kind of interesting you know this is literally where my you know and, and yeah. but it was a long ways back he was having a hard time connecting and so I'm I tur- and then I turned him and I said look down the street there's some railroad tracks he goes yep I see the railroad tracks I said that's where your great-great-grandfather got hit by a train and he went that's cool, mom. <laughs> now, the story is my great great. He was he was perfect. He was fine after that. That yeah. was he, it. Wasn't my son goes? Did he live? I'm like, um, yes, honey, he did. We're we're standing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but it was that being able to stand on those places and say and realize that that was an interesting story. And of course, he then had to ask you know other relatives about the story. So it was a great jumping off point to get them. Mm-hmm. you know, to getting yeah. started asking questions too. Yeah. Now, do you have thoughts? I mentioned this earlier before we started recording, but do you have thoughts on photographs? I mean, how do we keep our memories alive with photographs now? I mean, like what, do you have a rule of thumb with like what you keep and what you choose to pass down and what you choose to, I mean, cause now photographs are like, we take so many of them, mm-hmm. you know? So how do we preserve what's important? I think you're, that's a great question. And, and it is, it is so hard when you think of all the thousands of photos that you, you know, we have these days, the mm-hmm. digital ones. And I think being intentional and making, I like the idea of making like yearly books. Mm-hmm. Um, I like those photo books and I think it's a great way to, um, I've seen it done different ways and it's really a personal choice, whether you do an entire family, whether you do a a one-year book for a child's life, you know, like in mm-hmm. a child's life and an individual's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really nice way to bring those together. I think the kids enjoy looking through them. I love the idea of making photographs of um, a photo album or photo book of other relatives so that they can go through and recognize because we are so much more dispersed across mm-hmm. the world than say our ancestors were at, yeah. at any given point. So I think that's a great way to preserve the photographs and to make sure they're still being seen and they're not just kind of tucked away somewhere. Lost, yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah. um, 
And then I think it's important to digitize our our older photographs. Not every single, you don't have to digitize every single one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if you have older ones that are representative of of people, you definitely want to digitize those to preserve them. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to, um, it's one of the projects that I want to do during quarantine is to get my, make photo albums, Mm -hmm. um, you know, yearbooks for each year. And, um, you know, one of the things that you said was relatives, like I, would probably lean towards not including certain, not certain relatives, like that I want them out of the book. (laughs) But like, I would probably focus more on our, our five, Mm -hmm. our family five and my, and the grandparents and then maybe the aunts and uncles. But like anytime that we visited extended family, like you've kind of showed me that it's probably, it's really important to have them in the book, even if maybe they don't have a relationship with them. Because mm-hmm. it still says who these people are in our lives, even if they might not be like who you know, but like think of it as keeping a record of like who we are. Right, right. And it can be kind of um basically kind of a family history type of book as opposed to, you know, chronicling a your family during a year. It could yeah. just be kind of um, a mixture of, of of families and relatives. It doesn't have to cover a certain time period. It can be gotcha. it can cover family lines, yeah. per se. And yeah. so it wouldn't necessarily be a time period as much as a line. You know, I actually in, ended up, this is one of the great things about when you do, when you become the family historian is that everybody sends you, they clean out their closets mm-hmm. and they send you everything. And um, that can be good and bad as you can imagine. Yeah. But um, I ended up with hundreds of old family photographs. And some of them I knew and some of them I didn't, but it's, it's been a, um, that those photographs really have been my entry point into some of the family history and to breaking the ice with some of the relatives as well yeah. as to get them to tell the stories. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah. And that's, and, and sometimes one of the things that, Unfortunately, sometimes our, our, our relatives may have suffered from cognitive impairments. They may have a form of dementia or, or some such type thing going on. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, a photograph will mm-hmm. help you interview that individual who has memory problems. Mm-hmm. You absolutely want to interview those folks. You don't want to leave them off the list for interviewing yeah. because oh, those photographs will help them um, can help them remember and can help them connect more into the present as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And I love, again, the idea of like digitizing those old photos and I would love to create an album cause I've been given a lot and then make three copies for my three children so that they have them. Because I think back in the day, it was, it was really expensive to do that, to make copies of those photographs. And now we have the ease of it. And so I love the idea of doing that as well. So we've talked a lot about interviewing. So mm-hmm. what happens to somebody who's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to get started. Like, how can we overcome that? That's a great question. And I will be honest, I still have those like, oh, what am I going to say to this person? Um, because I will reach out to very distant relatives that I've never even heard of before mm-hmm. to, to, to interview. I will be if you have a photograph, that is the one thing I will try to do. If I've got a photograph, I will find an older photograph. It, it doesn't have to be of that person. It can be, you know, um, of just a fa- within that family line. You know, maybe I'm asking for help to identify. Maybe I'm asking them, could you tell me the story behind this? Mm. Or, or maybe we just, I just take several photographs and just show them. And it's a great way to break the ice. It, break, it brings up stories that they'll start to tell. Yeah. Um, 
And that's, that has been probably the number one thing that I do. And then I also try to um, make copies of those and leave them with copies yeah. of, for themselves as well. And that has been probably one of the best ways to get the questions answered because sometimes it answers questions I don't know I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know I needed answers to yeah. certain questions. I didn't know the questions. So that's a great way to break the ice. And then the other thing I will do is have, I have um, questions prepared. So maybe they're very specific family questions. Maybe there's a mystery I'm trying to solve, but maybe it's really, I think in this time, particularly as we're interviewing, is really just asking stories. Maybe I just want to know about their life. I'm going to prepare questions ahead of time. You know, can you tell me what was the day like when you went to school? What was that like for you? Um, what did you do? Did you study? What did you study? That These are great questions for children to ask, or mm-hmm. really of all ages. It gets them into that same time period yeah. that they would do. You know, even a conversation about photographs. Um, you know, do you remember when you took your first photo, you know, because photographs haven't, you know, I think it was probably the early 1900s with the invention of the Brownlee camera that photos really became popular mm-hmm. and affordable for the general public. So that was a big deal to take yeah. your photograph. And now, you know, now it's not, you know, there's, you can make discussions like that. Um, I think a great one is to ask about um, holidays. And one of my favorite ones to do is, is we all ask about traditions at Christmas and Easter, but I like to ask my ancestors or my my, my relatives about <laughs> Halloween. Mm. I did a, a, a just a fun post one time on Halloween traditions and and oral history and and so I went to my parents and said, "What did you do?" Let me just say, you can learn a lot about your parents and grandparents <laughs> this way. <laughs> and I think you know, no, on my mother's side, it was very much about the treats. Yeah. On my father's side, it was very much about the tricks. Yeah. And now he assures me he was the follower, not the instigator. But anyway, <laughs> um, so this was, these were some really fun stories. And the kids, my children, as a young adults were like, whoa, granddad did that. Or, whoa, you know, yep, I'm not surprised. Or, you know, the cooks were on my mom's outfit, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so it was a really fun thing to share those stories because they were fun. And you realize, you know, this very staid, matured person in front of you was really quite a prankster mm-hmm. or, you know, they were just like you in a sense. Yeah. So they yeah. enjoyed the fun things. So I think that's a really great way to kind of break into some of those stories. Um, oh, yeah. So photographs and holidays, great entry points. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, might have just sort of thought of it, like, especially with kids, if you want to get them involved, um, you could have them make up a caption for a photo and then ask their grandparents what that caption of the photo would be that they're in. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's a great them, so idea. They can try to guess what their relatives are doing in the picture and then mm-hmm. sort of use their imagination and then, and then have their, and then find out what really happened in the picture. That's a great idea. I That'll love it. I and that's a great, that. and that's, I think the children would love it because it's something yeah. that they do, you know, that really happens those are the memes that we see on social media these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a great way to spend time with, especially grandparents is to, because oftentimes my kids will show up, they'll do all the right things, but there's always a gap in conversation and they don't know what to say. And they don't like, they're not going to really talk to their grandparents about some of the things maybe they talked about me or what was on TikTok or what was on who's doing what in school, but Mm -hmm. like giving them 
I like to try to give them things like conversation starters to help them along and, and start that conversation. And so I think that, I think that's what we're going to do next time yeah. we see grandma. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, this is fantastic. I really enjoyed this. Um, and it's been so helpful and I've definitely have a renewed sense of wanting to get my photos in order and wanting to really make those kinds of conversations possible between my children and their relatives and even myself and my relatives. And so I thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. I'm always happy to talk genealogy and photographs. Yeah. Um, And could you just wrap us up by telling us um, some of the things that you're doing on your site and what is the work that you do online? Sure, sure. So I am a genealogy researcher and blogger. So I write and teach a lot on how to research your family history. I have a lot of tutorials on there. And so, and then I do a weekly YouTube live stream where, again, we talk all things genealogy, um, cover all types of topics, uh, everything from oral history to how to analyze your census records. So Mm -hmm. I try to cover it all. Really, my goal is to get people started and to help take that overwhelm out of that genealogy research. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's fantastic because I'm sure... Some people do feel overwhelmed at the start of this. It can be overwhelming. Yeah, fantastic. All right, thank you so much again for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. You can find Lisa at lisalisten.com. She's on Facebook and Instagram as Are You My Cousin? I will link to this and other places that you can find her in the show notes. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review on iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.